Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. It's great to be with you today. And uh, as promised, I want to get into my conversation with Gail Manchin. Uh, Gail Manchin is the vice chair of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Uh, and before I get to, to my conversation with her, uh, I want to back up just a little bit to last week. Uh, last week was uh, some really important conversations going on around religious liberty around the world. Uh, the Religious Freedom Annual Review at the BYU uh, Law School was held last week. We played a little bit of sound from that, uh, including what I think it was one of the most significant speeches on religious liberty uh, in a decade uh, by Elder David A. Bednar of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, uh, and I don't say that lightly, but I say that because what he said and how he said it uh, made it very approachable. Uh, I think for a lot of people around the country, we have abdicated religious liberty to the lawyers and the professors and the academics and the elites to have conversations about. And what I really appreciated about Elder Bednar's address last week was he he made it safe and approachable. Uh, because what we have to remember is if we want citizens to care about something, if something is uh, inapproachable to them, it's very likely that they will become indifferent to it over time. Uh, and so creating space for those conversations to happen in a way that is easy to understand, that is inviting, that is easy easy to share uh, and to have conversations about, I think is so important on a host of topics, uh, but especially religious liberty, uh, that it needs to be a very approachable topic uh, and one that we need to be able to engage on here at home and around the world. Uh, part of the BYU uh, law event last week uh, was uh, another powerful address by Dr. Allah uh, Mudabit. And uh, it was part of that uh, Religious Freedom uh, Foundation. Uh, she is a medical doctor. Uh, she is uh, part of the uh, one of 17 Global Sustainable Development Goal Advocates as part of the UN uh, effort there. And she had a very interesting uh, comment that I want to play for you now. She reminded us that we have to be asking hard questions about power, about rights, about religious freedom, uh, about a host of things that I thought really framed it nicely. Here's what she had to say. But I will leave you with one critical question, and that is, if you are a person of faith, how are you leveraging your faith to ensure equality? How are you leveraging what you know to create compassion and mercy 
and challenge a lot of what we've been taught about power and strength. And I'll take it even a step further to say, even if you do not have a faith community, but in whatever space you hold power, if it's a university, if it's your faith community, if it's your own home, how are you leveraging that sphere of power that you own to create opportunity and space for others to have difficult conversations? Are you challenging the people closest to you on oftentimes some of their more archaic or exclusive or negligent views? Are you, are you having those difficult conversations at home? And I think that is the test that we're in right now is how, how will we show up for one another? How will we show up for the rights of one another? Um, recognizing that if they can come for, for, for you and yours, then they'll probably come for me and mine next. So, so I think this is, this is a, a really important time for us to have these honest conversations. And, I, and I'm, I'm grateful we're, we're starting here. All right. Again, that's uh, Dr. Mudavit. Uh, loved, I loved her phrase that we need to be able to challenge the people closest to us. Again, it's easy to shout at those who disagree with you. It's easy to melt down a Twitter feed or a social media post about someone you disagree with. But what happens when it's the people that are close to you? Uh, your friends, your family, are you willing to have that kind of courage that we talked about earlier in the program today to stand up and speak out and say, nah, that's not quite right. Or let's have a different conversation about that. Uh, so critical. All right, I want to go now to uh, my conversation uh, with Gail Mansions. As I mentioned, Gail uh, is the vice chair of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. It is a bipartisan group, and uh, she is a uh, just an extraordinary soul. She was the former uh, first lady of West Virginia, so she's married uh, to uh, now Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Uh, and they used to office just around the corner uh, from Senator Lee's office there when I worked back in uh, on the Hill in D.C. And they're just great, great people. And uh, so she is now in this role. It's such an important commission as it relates to freedom and religious principles around the world. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, uh, here's just a, a brief introduction from Gail about what the commission is, what it actually does. So we report to Congress, we report to the President, and we report to the Secretary of State. Uh, we have one mission, and that is to uh, support and advocate for religious freedom around the world. It is, uh, so there are many human rights, but I believe at the foundation of human rights is uh, your freedom of faith. And I think from all, from that, the rest of your, your freedoms come from that or human rights. So the fact that we work in a bipartisan measure is critical, and we learn together. It's important also to understand that, that this is not about the United States, even though the United States is the one country in the world that advocates for religious freedom globally. But our measures are international. So what we learn very quickly, Boyd, is this is not about us. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's not about the other eight commissioners. It's about what we can do together to provide and advocate for religious freedom for all people around the world. Again, that's uh, Gail Manchin. One of the things that I, I loved in this conversation, and again, you can find this on our Therefore What podcast later today, uh, we talked about just time frame and how having a time frame actually forces you 
to act and to get things done? Uh, we have a two-year term, which we can be reappointed. And so we don't have a lifetime to get things done. We need to get in there and, and work together from the get-go. And if you spent your time seeing how you can one-up one another, you're not going to move forward on issues about people that die around this world for no other reason than their religious belief. All right. I love that. I think we have to have more time frames uh, on a host of issues, whether that's immigration, health. You know, you can go down the list, uh, but especially when it comes to religious liberty, it's it's important. That it's nice that they are appointed to two year, uh, a two year term. Uh, so there's not a lot of lollygagging around. You got to get in and get going and get something done if you're going to have an impact at all. Uh, as as uh, Gail mentioned, again, this is Gail Manchin. And uh, she focused on, you know, what she's learned through the process of going around the world and seeing, uh, you know, where what, what's happening in what places and why and then what can be done to improve religious liberty around the world. Our ability to travel to these countries are very important as we talk to ministerial leaders, uh, to embassies, to political leaders, uh, and to see sort of their thought process, because it's very important that you see people where they are, mm-hmm. not where you think they ought to be or not where you are, but where these the people in these countries are. And then also to understand that there is a reality of the people that live in the city, the urban areas, and the people that live out in the rural areas, not unlike the United States in many ways, but to be able to be in a country and to sort of get that full picture is extremely helpful in terms of being able to advocate. But more importantly, it helps you as an individual to become sort of part of the reality of what life in that country really is. And then finally, I asked uh, Gail Manchin, you know, what what are the the issues the real challenges? What is it that creates the biggest threat to religious liberty around the world? The biggest issue, and and probably this is one that will be there for some time, there is so much unrest in the world right now. There is unrest in the United States. And with that unrest, of course, comes fear. And when people fear things, they they close down, they close up, they they shelter in. And so their rules become stricter. Mm. And I use sometimes for an example, I think about the state of West Virginia, where this little state, we're surrounded by Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Kentucky, these states that are bigger than us. What if we got up every day and had to wonder, worry about whether one of those states was going to try to invade, take over, uh, challenge us? And so much of the world lives in that type of a perspective every day. And so when rest, when unrest increases, then certainly the fear increases. And with fear comes sometimes bad, bad action. All right. Uh, so again, I think it's just so interesting that, you know, unrest leads to fear. And then it often leads those in power in governments around the world to exert more control. And especially uh, when it comes to religious freedom. Uh, so these are issues that are, are really interesting to me that I think uh, apply as much here at home as they do around the world. Uh, and it's just important that we understand what those are 
and what that actually means. And again, that was my uh, interview with Gail Manchin, uh, who is the uh, vice chair of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Uh, and her husband is not a bad guy either, Senator Joe Man- Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia. Uh, they are great people doing some great things uh, for the country. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, people, we got to keep our eye on the ball. Find out which ball next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. <laughs> There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.